Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise podcast. I'm Alfred Jackson, the senior pastor and presiding bishop of Tabernacle of Praise Churches International. I come to you with 45 years of experience in teaching and preaching the Holy Scriptures. Now, each week on this podcast, you will hear informative and challenging messages that will help you develop a more meaningful relationship with the Lord and help you live out your faith more effectively. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now, let's see what it is the Lord has to say to us. Yeah. And what does the Lord require of you? Yes. 
But to do justice, mm -hmm. to love mercy, yes. and to walk humbly with your God. So this morning, I'm led to talk to you about the God of justice and our responsibility. Mm -hmm. The God of justice and our responsibility. Hallelujah. Father, I pray now for a fresh anointing of your spirit. And I pray that God Lord. lead and direct my thoughts and my, my words and my tone as I speak to your people this morning. Thank you for the message that you've sent to us. Thank you for your anointing to deliver this message. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for what your work will accomplish in our lives today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 The God of justice and our responsibility. So, of course, as I was meditating on a message to bring to you this morning on Mother's Day, I heard in my spirit, and this may sound strange to you, but I heard in my spirit another mother's son is gone. Yes. Yeah. Another mother's son is gone. Yeah. Has been killed. Yeah. Now, of course, they may, that may not resonate with anyone else. For some people, it doesn't make any difference at all. For some people, this is not just another black guy that's been killed. And some people feel like he deserved to die. And they don't see the fact that he was jogging, minding his own business. Uh, some people see him see him tussling with the man with the gun and then the man shooting himself to this. And I don't see how people can see that out of that video, but that's the take of some people. But I, I don't really even want to deal with that side of that today. But I want us to hear what the Lord has impressed in my spirit today concerning this. Another mother's son is gone. I know it's father's son too, but this is Mother's Day. And, and, and you know, as, as, as we take pride, uh, godly pride in our children as fathers, there, there, there's a difference, a different relationship with, with a mother that has carried a child in her womb for nine months. My God. And who's nursed that child, seen that child birth, and who's nursed that child, and walked with that child, and loved that child. There just a, seems to be just a difference because of the bond and the connection with the mother and her child. Um, but this kept ringing and ringing over and over in my mind and in my spirit, man, as I thought about this, this young black man, and I don't want to just say this young black man because this young man has a name. Uh, I, 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 I believe I'm pronouncing it correctly, correctly, Ahmaud Arbery, or Arbery. This young man is not just an unidentified person that was that was murdered, that was slaughtered like a wild animal in the street. He is a young man who has an identity. Yes. A young man who was born in a family. A young man who has a mother and a father. A young man who was minding his own business, jogging in the streets in America, which should be one of the safest places in the world to job, but of course we know that that's not always the case. You know? uh, a young man uh, came to visit us from Liberia, uh, and he did, uh, Pastor Amos uh, came to visit us uh, early on, uh, it was last year. And when he got here, you know, uh, he was amazed because while he was in the bus station, he left his bag unattended and left his money inside his bag and he, I guess he went to do something, to use the restroom or whatever. And when he came back, his money had been stolen. Mm. And, I, and I said to him, I said, why did you leave your money? He said, Bishop, it never occurred to me that in America, people would steal from you. Oh, wow. <laughs> And, you know, the image that many people have in the world is that this is a rich land and this is a land of honest people. But those of us who live here know that this is not always the case. Amen. And those of us who have the experience yes. 
that many of us have had growing up in America. And you know, I'm 65, I'll be 66 this year. And, and, and of course, my experience, and, and those people my age and older, and my wife's experience growing up in Mississippi, amen, yes. having a group of men come to her house, amen, and threaten her family, you know, and a whole lot of other things happening. Our experience has been different from a lot of young African Americans, and now what people are seeing is that what some of us talked about earlier on is still a reality today. And, and, and we need to deal with this. We need to deal with this. You hear me as I go through this message today. I believe this will speak to us. Amen. Speak to the church because really, I'm not just talking to African Americans. Amen. And I'm not just talking to African American church leadership. But what I want us to understand is that the church has something to say. The church has a responsibility to speak, amen, to these situations in America, amen. And on this day, Mother's Day, when we see another mother's son who has been killed unjustly, we need to speak. Yeah. We need to speak. We need to speak. Amen. 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 And, and I don't want this message to stir up any more hatred right. uh, among us because a lot of people have hatred in their hearts against uh, Caucasian Americans. Just to put it rather bluntly, uh, you know. Keep it 100. So, yeah. <laughs> it's still very difficult for me to watch stories like Roots. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's really very difficult to watch things to show how our people have been treated in this country. And, and for us to arrive in 2020, and still we're different disenfranchised. Still. still we're not treated fairly. Still we're not treated with equality. Still we live in a system that is unjust to what African Americans. It's real. Yeah. And you may not agree with it, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> hear, hear what the Lord is showing me. Yeah. So these things, these things need to be addressed by the church. And in particular, listen to me, in particular, the leadership of the church. In particular, the leadership of the Caucasian church in America needs to address these issues. Amen. Our people have been speaking out that through the ages. Yeah. Where did the civil rights movement start from? It started in the church. Yes. It was our leaders. It was our pastors. It was men like Martin Luther King and others, preachers of the gospel, who stood on the front lines and gave their lives and for the cause of freedom and justice in America. And still, there's not justice for our people in America. If the body of Christ Keep signing in these times when blatant injustice and evil occurs and keeps on occurring over and over and over again, time after time, then the church becomes complicit mm. in the injustice. Mm. And it can't just be those of us of African American or black American descent. Our white brothers and sisters have to speak up and speak out. Mm. These people are in your churches. These people name the name of Jesus. They sing in your choirs. They serve on your boards. Some of you are in the pulpit preaching. And God forbid, some of our people. Now I don't want to go here. Now I don't want. I ain't gonna come up in my skin. <laughs> it was angry as a righteous anger. Right. Some of our people do not see what's happening. Mm. Amen. This Mother's Day, this is Mother's Day, this is the day that has been set aside to honor mothers living and deceased, natural and adopted, physical and spiritual. What better way to honor mothers and the legacy of mothers 
than to make sure that the children that God has allowed her to bring through her womb, that those children are protected. That those children, as much as, much as possible, are protected from the evils of the world. And I understand that evil is in this world. Since the fall of man in the garden of evil, and God of evil, evil has been in this world. But God has put his laws in place. Yes, sir. And you read the scriptures, God has taught us how to live in community. God has taught us how to be just and how to ensure justice for all mankind. All mankind. And let me tell you, when God created man, he did not create black, he did not create white, he did not create yellow, he did not create yellow. Preacher, preacher. He created man. There's no such thing as a black race or a white race. There is a human race.
This thing goes much deeper than this. It goes much deeper than this. This, this is a conversation that, that we need to start back having in America mm. and have some, some real conversations with the quote-unquote powerhouses in America. You know, people who have money, people who have access, mm -hmm. people who have privilege. Mm -hmm. Because that's the big issue. Yes. Are you willing to give up some of your privilege? Right. To make sure that everybody has a lack of privilege. Oh, goodness. Black people in America should not have to fight for their rights. Right. Jesus. We should not have to fight to make sure, glory to God, amen, that we have justice in America. Oh, oh, oh. And it grieves my spirit. And I'm sorry if I'm being offensive right now. But it grieves my spirit for people who immigrated to America and have been whitewashed by the philosophy and the practice of Caucasian Americans and then to think that black people deserve what they're getting. Mm. My God, my God, my God. preaching today, my Bishop. God,
But I understand all Jews don't love Jesus. Right. I understand that there's some Orthodox Jews that, that, that don't accept the Messiah. Right. Amen. And so when I start when I start talking about praying for the peace of Jerusalem, I'm praying for spiritual Israel. I'm not praying for physical Israel. Amen. Mm. Jesus Christ. A friend of mine went, went on a trip to the holiday, and there were a group of pastors that raised money. And they call themselves a quote unquote certain nation for Israel. They raised money to take and give to the people that they were going to. And when they got there, they were told, We don't want to hear about you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. We do not allow proselytizing. We don't want you talking about your Jesus because we don't, do not believe he's the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had taken money with me to give them, I would have put the money back in my pocket what? and brought it back I to where I came from to help some people who serve Jesus. I I would not have supported a regime that hates my master, mm. my savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. But we don't want to challenge the status quo. We don't want to challenge it. Some of us will say, we need to allow God to fight our battles. Well, what we're failing to see is that God has given us a that's right. He's given us his word and he's given us his standard and he expects us to stand up and let him do what he's already instructed us to do. We cannot leave this and say, God's going to fight for us. There's a battle against the devil. There's a battle against the devil, but you better stand up for the devil come and kill your child. Yes, sir. That's right. Yes, sir. We cannot advocate. And he told us what to do. He expects us to do to it. Do it. Yeah. He doesn't just expect us to, to be all loving, dumb, and hugging everybody. Passive. He right. Us to right. That's right. And equality. Right. He expects us to have a voice to speak out. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So listen to me. I don't expect those who don't know Jesus. I don't know the standard. I don't acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. To take a side. This message is to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the leadership of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the Caucasian leadership of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the African or the African American, the Chinese American, the Japanese American, or whatever, or whatever nationality you are, in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, with money, with power, and in particularly with privilege. Not just African American leaders. Right. So, we've been hearing these types of messages for many years. We've fought for many years for justice. But it's time now, as people say, for justice mm-hmm. to run down like water and righteousness as a mighty stream. Yes. And the church must be the conscious of the nation. The church. Huh. I can't preach all this today. Oh, Lord. But, but I want to share something. I was reading, just doing some research, and I read this article about biblical justice and social justice. And, and, and it just kind of spoke to me. And this is, this is what the article said. And I'm not going to read the whole article. I'm just going to share some, some things from the article. Most of us would agree that selling a human being, abusing a child, stealing from a will, using force or fraud to exploit the vulnerable is easy. We would agree with that. Most of us carry within us an innate sense of right and wrong, a conviction that oppressors should be punished and the weak protected. We want justice. But what is justice? Justice in its simplest form means to set things right. Are you listening? Set it right. And that's what what African Americans have been saying down through the years. Set it right. Things are not right in this country. They're not right. 
society at large of a culture that we live in? Is there a moral law that we inherently know to follow? And this is where the church comes in. As followers of Jesus Christ, the simple answer, the answer is simple. Our sense of justice is imparted to us by our Creator, by God, who is loving, who's kind, who's merciful, who's always righteous, holy, and just. Deuteronomy 32 and 4 says, The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without inequity, just and upright is he. Psalm 89 and 14 says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. As I said earlier, we hear that God is love, that God is holy, more than we hear that God is just. It's time for the church to start talking about God that justice and righteousness are the foundation of this throne and if he is our God then we should be working for justice we need to be setting things right in this country and in other nations of the world goodness goodness today oh yeah we're rather agree that God sets a standard for love and holiness but we, do we also understand that he sets the standard for justice Pursuing biblical justice means we follow God's way to make right that which was wrong. Of which he is wrong. And we look to the scriptures to find out what is right. We don't just preach what's comfortable to us. We don't just preach what's comfortable to the people who are sitting in the pews. We declare what God said in his word. Yes. It's our job to make people feel uncomfortable. Yes. Upset the You cannot follow Jesus and be comfortable in your own ways. Right. We do not have to look far to see that Jesus is our standard of righteousness. Jesus lived a perfect life, a sinner's life, died a sacrificial death, and rose again to make right that which was wrong. It's because of Jesus and his work on the cross that we are justified and we are made right with God. And Jesus also demonstrates this beautiful example and for us to follow in the New Testament as one who cared for the outcast, reached out of compassion to help those who were overlooked. Are you listening? Jesus pursued justice. Jesus physically and spiritually rescued those in need. Jesus stood up for those who were marginalized yeah. and those that were treated injustly in society. So we look at the life of Jesus and the mandate given to the scriptures is clear that as followers of Jesus Christ we are called to do justice. We are called to take action. We are, we are called to confront evil. Yeah. We are called to care for the vulnerable in society and to make right that which is wrong. We are called to make right that which is wrong. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The evangelical church had to elect our president Mm. but the evangelical church had been silent. Yeah. When it comes to the injustices that are taking place against African Americans in this nation. And many of your churches are packed with African Americans. Amen. We're called 
many things right. The church is, we are supposed to be the conscience of the nation. We're supposed to be. We're called to take action. Like I said, I can't, I can't preach all of this today. This is a conversation that we need to have and a teaching that we need to continue. This nation, other nations around the world, will be judged for the way you treated your citizens. This nation, that it had not been for slave labor, right. many of you would not have the money today. Right. This nation would be as would not be as rich as this nation is. I could go on now. But the point is made. It's our responsibility. God has shown us what is right. God has shown us. You know, we look at these scriptures and you study yeah. these scriptures and yeah. it really deals with worship. God has said, don't come to me and bring me your sacrifices. And your beautiful songs, and your beautiful edifices, and you're not treating people justly. Are you uphold injustice in the land? Romans 12 and 2 tells us what we need to do. We've always interpreted this spiritually. But Romans 12 and 2 says, be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you might discern and prove what is that good and that acceptable and that perfect will of God. It didn't say so that you can prove and discern what suits people and what satisfies people around you. But we're talking about what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I am not. I am not advocating open up the prison doors and release all prisoners. We're talking about justice. Justice. To people who've done no wrong. Some people who've done no wrong. People who have been killed and disenfranchised and stolen from, burned and slaughtered. You say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You gotta have some bootstraps to pull yourself up. Yeah. Preacher, preacher. So, 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 so. It's so easy to be conformed to worldly ways. Yeah. And worldly ways of thinking and doing. All you have to do is grow up in a home, grow up in a community, grow up in a world, and you are conformed to that world. But what Paul is saying is, once you come to Jesus, you're to be transformed from that old way of life. You're no longer to be conformed to the way that the world thinks. Nor are you to be conformed to the way that the world acts. This goes much deeper than, than being quote-unquote holy. It deals with your attitude. It deals with your perspective. It deals with your sacrificing of those things that quote-unquote deal to you your money. Your privilege. Even your understanding. Some of you don't even want to understand what people are going through. Mm. Preacher. When you just grow up in a community, in a house, in a community, in a home, being conformed to the world naturally happens. Yeah. You never see the other person's point of view. Because you are always right in your own eyes. Mm. Yeah. Right. No, you can switch that around and say, well, you all are right. Well, I grew up in an African-American community, African-American home. I was never taught, we were never taught to hate people because of the color of the skin. Never. Never. But if we really belong to Jesus Christ, you begin to see that there is a need to change your perspective. Okay? If you've grown up conformed to the world, when you really belong to Jesus and the Holy Spirit is 
looking at you. There is a need for you to change. His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so his ways are not there. There's no ways. The scripture is always. And his thoughts are not thoughts. So then, I need to always be conforming to his ways yeah. and not my ways. I need to be conforming to his ways and not the ways of the world around me. I have a government society around me. And when I conform to his ways, one of the things I do is I learn to challenge injustice in society. Goodness, preacher. The body of Christ needs to renew our mind. When it comes to preaching, teaching, and acting on the injustices in this nation, especially when it comes to our black American brothers and sisters, we got to change. This nation has to change. We and we need the church to stand up. See, the church is powerful. The church has a powerful voice. But the church has to see this thing. Church leaders have to see and understand that God hates injustice. God hates injustice. We have to come together. Yes. We have to eradicate the evil in society. Eradicate. We have to go back to the Word of God. And seriously, study the Word of God. Not just about God's love, but about God's justice. And speak to what God requires concerning justice to the powers that be. Then we need to practice what we learn. We need to engage and challenge the norms and the practices and the laws that are unfair that harm God's people. God is a holy God. I'm not saying challenge holiness. Right? Immoral living. But it's just as immoral to kill an innocent person. Yes. As it is to commit adultery. Yes. I want to read as I close today. Again, Isaiah 58, 1 through 11. Cry aloud. Spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins, to the house of America, to the house of the United States of America, to the house of the nations of the world their sins. Yet you seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As if they were a nation that did righteous and did not forsake the ordinances of their God. They asked me, they asked of me righteous judges. They delight to draw near to me. Why have we fasted? And you not sinned? Why have we humbled ourselves? And you don't take knowledge of it. God was dealing with Israel. Now they didn't see what they needed to see. Yeah, they thought we've been fasting, we've been, we've been worshiping our God. We have some of the best worship leaders in the world. Our music is going around the world and it's affecting nations. But God is not seeing that we're saying. Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. You're fasting to get what you want. And oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight. And hit with wicked fists. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high. Still with your worship. Is such a fast? Is such the fast that I choose? A day for man to humble himself? Is it to battle down his head like a rush? And the spirit sackcloth and ashes under him? Would you call this a fast? And a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? Is not this the fast that I choose? Oh my God. To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the thorns of 
God raised you from the dead so that I can have life. Eternal life. Abundant life. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Save me from my sin. I receive you today. And I thank you for receiving me as your child. Amen. If you backstay, if you turn away from the Lord, you can repent today, you can confess your sins and come back to the Lord. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Repeat after me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for making it possible that my sins can be taken away, that I can be forgiven. Lord, there was a time that I followed you, but I turned away. Father, forgive me. I turned away from you. Please forgive me of my sin. I yield my life to you. Draw me back in fellowship with you. I thank you for that today. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible teaches us that as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the sons and daughters. He's given you that right today. If we were in the Lord and we backslid, he's given us the right to come back to him so that we don't have to stay separated from him. If we pray those prayers today, let us know so we can follow up with you. Write to us and go to our Facebook page and write to us and let us know that you perceive Jesus. Give us your contact information so that we can follow up with you. We will gladly pray for you, encourage you, send you scriptures to help you grow up in the Lord. If you like, we help you find a Bible-leading church for you to continue to grow in the Lord. There is a fight not just for righteousness, but justice is a part of righteousness. There's a fight today for righteousness and justice in the land. Amen. I want to encourage you today uh, for our members to please continue to give online. Uh, go on our website, there's a donate page. Uh, or give, give a five. Please share your tithes and your offerings today. Give today online. Uh, and if you are listening to your messages broadcast and you would like to sow seed into this ministry, we welcome the seed that you sow. We pray the blessing of the Lord yes. upon your lives. If you just give me just, just a couple more minutes, I want you to make this announcement. Uh, we are working toward coming back together as a gathered congregation on the fifth Sunday of this month. And we, our board of directors, have been meeting. We'll continue to meet up until that time. There are some guidelines that we're going to put in place and ask people to follow because it is important uh, that, we, that we practice these guidelines uh, that I'll share with you in just a few moments. The coronavirus is still around and it's still very dangerous. We still have a lot of people that are forgetting and not practicing safety. Groups are coming together. Today is Mother's Day. People will have folk in their houses, family from all around. This is forgetting some things that the families have gotten sick because they came together, you know, in, with good intentions, not knowing that someone was infected. So as we plan to come back together, there's some guidelines that we will put in place that will help us um, maintain safe, as much safety as possible. And we do want to say, if any of our members are uncomfortable with coming back together on the fifth Sunday, we don't hold that against you. We hope we stay at home, continue to, to, to listen online until that time that you're very comfortable and coming back to, to, to heaven. So let me just go over these just quickly. Uh, we will honor social distancing, no hugging, no shaking hands, six feet, a six feet distance between families. So that means we're gonna take some of the seats out of the sanctuary. And we're gonna group the seats 
so that the families consider that individuals who are not in the same house with you can sit apart from you, all right? Um, uh, you know, parents must monitor their children. If you bring your children to worship, you must monitor your children at all times to make sure that they're practicing social distancing. And we know children. Children are impulsive. They haven't seen some of us in a long time. They don't want to run to others. So parents are going to have to really do some talking and say, yes. when you get to church, there's no hugging. You're going to wave that bishop from afar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they would be required to monitor their children, even to go to the restroom with their children. To go to, and, and, and restrooms will need to be sanitized after each use by an adult. All right, by an adult. We'll have the materials there. There will be no children's church. There will be no school of ministry for now. Only morning worship in the sanctuary. We will have a limited bracing. The choir will not be ministering. The stage will not be packed with 15 to 20 more members. Amen. Uh, families will need to be dismissed in groups. <laughs> We're not going to give you the opportunity to congregate in the narthex. Now, it's up to you. Uh, we ask that you please be observant of this even when you go out on the yard. Amen. Just, just, this is serious business. Yes, this is real serious, and we have to take this seriously. Uh, we do plan to take temperatures of people once they arrive to confirm that they don't have a fever. If people have a fever, we will ask you to go back home, and we will ask you to abide by that, because we don't want to expose anyone. We don't want to have to have you removed by the authorities from the sanctuary. I'm not talking about the trustees that are us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about calling the York Police Department and having you removed from the sanctuary. Masks will be required for all attending, and we will make sure we will have some on hand if there are visitors who come, amen, so that they will have masks. Um, and if if there is too many people to sit as we have arranged the sitting, we're not going to bring more seats in. We will have another area set up where people can sit at a distance. Um, and we're going to use door stops to make sure nobody has to hold the door, door open for you and you don't have to pass two or three feet in front of a person. We're going to make sure that people come in in groups with the people that you come with, you know, and you're going to act just like you act. Like you were acting when you went to Home Depot or whatever, you're going to wait six feet apart until people get in the sanctuary and sit down. Now, that requires us starting, if worship is going to begin at 10.30, and probably at 10.30, that requires us gathering around 10 o'clock to make sure people get in. That's right. All right? All right. And the people outside are able to get in for worship. We'll share these. When we meet today, we're going to go over these again. If there are other things that we need to share, we're going to work on this. And we will make sure that all of our members that we can share with any visitors that may come that you know is coming. But we want to, to begin gathering again. We'll share more with you later on. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged today. God bless you. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Miss Faisha. Thank you for listening to the message today. I pray that you've been inspired and helped by what the Lord gave us to share with you. These are critical times that we're living in. There are a lot of voices speaking to us and vying for our attention. But I want you to know that God wants your attention as well. God wants to be able to help you, to bless your life, and help you live a full and meaningful life. So, give God your attention today. Now, if you've been blessed by this message, let us know. Visit our website at topraise.org. You'll find a place there to send a message to us. We would love to hear from you. Also, as the Lord leads, if you feel led to sow a seed into this ministry, give to this ministry, you can do that as well at topraise.org forward slash give. Also, as the Lord leads, and you would like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do that as well at topraise.org forward slash give. Help us as we spread the gospel to various parts of the world through our podcast and also through the work we do on the ground in Dominican Republic, Liberia, Burkina Faso, Guinea, Ghana, Kenya, Malawi, and South Africa. 
a seed into this ministry will bless people beyond our borders. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing whatever the Lord lays on your heart to share. God bless you.